Hey guys, Radical Ray here. How are we doing? I hope all is well. Today I wanted to talk about trans ideology. And I know as radical feminists, we're like, yeah, we we know. But the thing I wanted to talk about is the misogyny and patriarchy linked to it and the capitalism take, right? Gender dysphoria is something we all know about. We all know that it's feeling like you're in the wrong body. So why are we doing something permanent for a feeling? That's the thing I want to know. And of course, talking about this to trans community, because you really want the best for them. They get really angry, right? They scream, they call you turf. They call you all these names because they don't want to hear the fact that they are being preyed upon by a very predator you know, entity. They don't want to hear that capitalism is exploiting them the way it's exploiting everyone else. They want to think that their choice was a very individual choice. They don't want to hear about humans are pack mammals. It's actually really common for us to do what our pack does, to do what our community does. Which is why it's important for radical feminists to form a pack in women's only spaces and really get some stuff done. They want to believe it's individual choice. Well, they can acknowledge that gender is BS. Gender is made up. Absolutely. Sex is not made up. Sex is immutable. Sex is directly tied to your genitalia and some certain other traits. Gender is what you believe a person should look like. Gender is not girl, woman. It is femininity. Being a girl, being a woman, being a her is biological. And the reason why it's important that we keep those languages so we can make these clear distinctions for women's only spaces. When I came out as a radical feminist, I had a few transgender friends who said, what about me? What about me? All of being trans identified males, so trans women. And what I want to say, it's not about you. (laughs) It's about dismantling patriarchy for the oppressed class of people. It's about protecting children as well. It's about ensuring that children don't fall prey to a system that tells them they are born in the wrong body simply because they like something that's not directly geared towards their sex. This is actively something radical feminists try to fight as well. And it should be something everyone is trying to fight. Like, to me, this is just common sense. Why on earth would you tell a kid they're born in the wrong body and then start them on medicine straight away Like, that's perfectly normal. To halt their growth, to halt their organs, to halt everything and to make permanent decisions for a feeling. If we know gender is a feeling, you're making permanent decisions based on a feeling. People's gender dysphoria feelings can look many a different ways. It can manifest itself differently. I get that. But what I don't get is, if you want to identify into the oppressed class of society, so women, 
you want to identify as a proletariat, then why do you feel the need to bring male-dominated pornographic imagery with you? You are not the most oppressed. You want to identify as oppressed. You understand that you have a level of privilege in that regard. So why do you want to pornify us more, pornography us more? Why do you want us to accept kinks? Why do you want us to accept harm? Why do you want to normalize this within your definition of what it means to be a woman? When trans people do things like this, to me, this explicitly shows that their view of women are completely for a fetish. Their view of being a woman is to experience this fetish as a woman. It's to be completely dominated. The excuse being that women also love kinks. That women are also just as kinky. The huge difference is that women are gaslit and brainwashed to accept kinks and to normalize these kinks. That doesn't make us kinky, it just means there's a lot of women who are afraid to say no. There's a lot of women who are very, very, very afraid to do so. There's a lot of women who don't post online about being baby and needing a mommy or needing a daddy. And when they're due, they're trafficked and solicited. It's really different than being open. It's a whole different socialization. Now, having that discussion as well with trans-identified people, it makes it hard because they want to be affirmed. Their goal is to be affirmed. The thing is, it's nobody else's responsibility but your own. If you're going to make your whole journey based upon how people see you, then you will further, like, go to extremes to get what you need to make yourself feel better, to affirm yourself. It's no one else's responsibility. I just want to know why gender dysphoria, the first thing they do is to give you pills and nobody bats an eye. And, and to me, this is disturbing for many of ways. You know, they're, they're mainlining pills at this point. So to me, this shows the lack of authentic care. So you have children going into clinics and sometimes their parents don't even know, talking about their extreme gender dysphoria and they say, okay, well, you know, live as the other sex, which sex and gender are not the same, for a month, and then we'll see. And then they say, we'll already do that, so... Oh, then, yeah, let's start you on medicine. We're finding more and more of these stories to be so common. The lack of care, the lack of questioning, the lack of seeing what gender dysphoria actually is. A product of patriarchy. 
for women, it's the over-pornographication of us, right? What I just said about trans-identified males, so trans women want to bring into our femaleness. They want to bring into our womanhood. When we affirm them, they want to normalize those kinks. It's what these girls are trying to escape. Because in all regards, they get it. If they expose that they're lesbians, the first thing they're asked is about a threesome. Or then now they're told they need to like girl dick. I do not blame these girls for wanting to run. We need to protect these girls more than anything. We really need to get real with all of this. Gay men are now being told they have to be attracted to trans-identified people. We are who we are biologically. You cannot, absolutely cannot change that. We are attracted to who we are attracted to sexually. And once again, sex is tied to our genitals. It doesn't make you a fetish it or whatever they want to call you. You are who you are. You don't have to be attracted to any transgender person. If you are, you are. If you're not, you're not. Immediately when I post something in regards to gender, not sex, or targeting trans-identified males in particular, because they do have a privilege they don't want to see, my DMs are instantly full. I don't have any issues talking to trans people. I don't find it repulsive, I don't find it disgusting, or I don't find it hateful, I don't find it bigoted, I don't feel targeted, and I don't feel attacked. Um, due to the fact that the majority of the trans-identified people in my direct messages simply are just there wanting a conversation. Um, I've been targeted by trans activists harder than I have been attacked by trans-identified people. Now, what they say is, well, you know, the majority of trans people actually don't feel this way. Okay, that's great and dandy. Then why are you here talking to me? I always say, like, why aren't you talking to the trans community about this? Why don't you go talk to them? That's your community. I talk to women about, you know, how it's really patriarchy and really oppressive to accept these things into our life. And we're actually, you know, we we need to do things differently or whatever the case may be, whatever we're talking about in radical feminism. And that's why you need to stick with your own community and talk about that. Like, I'm not going to insert myself in the middle of your community and talk to you about what it's like to be trans, because I'm not trans. And it's because they're told by either society or their psychiatrist that they are that gender. And then they conflate gender with sex. Which, for me, it's very aggravating, of course, with a lot of radical feminists. Because 
their community wants us to acknowledge the difference between gender and sex, right? They want to acknowledge all these genders, like agender and ace gender, whatever they decide to make up to feel better. And then when it's brought up, they say, you know, well, gender and sex are not the same thing. Okay, well, if gender and sex are not the same thing, then we understand your gender representation is not that of a woman. Because women don't do this. You're, you're copying what you believe to be a woman. And it's wildly offensive. It's wildly offensive because women are the oppressed class. It's wildly offensive because you're doing all of the things you think a woman would do. And when you add kinks to that, it's further degrading for women and it's not being authentic to yourself. It's not addressing the issues you may have that are causing your dysphoria as well. No real change is happening. If anything, it's all tokenization of the oppressed classes of society for you to live out a possible fantasy or or work through your trauma. Now, these things are stuff that women can't tell the difference between if we're consistently being tokenized. Because I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, all trans people are autogynophiliacs. I know there's trauma. I know there's trauma. It's patriarchy. Trans men, so trans-identified females, in particular experience the most trauma. And so to not discuss that would be a disservice. But radical feminism does discuss them. Radical feminism does care about them. Liberal feminists tokenize them. And trans-identified males, so trans women, tokenize them. We need to speak clearly about the about these things because two of the two of these are really really different now am i saying there are homosexual men in the trans community who you know like who aren't who haven't been traumatized of course not there are plenty of homosexual children that have been tokenized on and preyed upon and you know some really bad stuff has happened to them which has caused them to feel dysphoric we know this, but that doesn't make them the opposite sex. That doesn't mean that they get to infringe upon a group of people who are already oppressed without, with, you know, clear, I don't want to say therapy, but like a, a clear view of and scope of who they authentically are because it's a disservice to these kids and to these people to just say, oh yeah, identify in this way will make it better. Or yeah, maybe if you are this, you know, gender, aka sex, aka whatever we demand, uh, then you will feel better. It's putting a band-aid on a gaping wound and women are feeling the brunt of this. Women are bearing the brunt of this and women have to just accept this. 
and it's not okay and it's not fair and it's not safe but knowing this we have to acknowledge that the majority of people who transition are doing so for autogynephilic reasons the majority of trans identified males i should say and i've mentioned in my past episode the rise of free pornography and then the extremes of pornography and it being everywhere we we see the rise of of men calling themselves trans we see this huge spike in it and it's much easier for men to detrans than it is for women to detrans for many of reasons um one of which is men don't have to go to extremes to call themselves trans they choose that that's an act of choice for them to get the surgeries they don't have to get the surgeries um you know usually our bodies are tokenized as well women do come in various shapes sizes and images but the way they do it sometimes feels a bit overtly sexually exploiting us sexually exploitive so the detrans rate of men is not as impactful as it would be for a trans identified female so a trans man who took testosterone and cannot stop growing facial hair or maybe got a double mastectomy and therefore no longer has her breasts so when she detrans there are actual visual reminders maybe their voice has changed maybe their hair has thinned there are actual things still there and their dysphoria is not cured so i cannot even imagine how hard that must be first and foremost And secondly, this is never discussed about in earnest. And their dysphoria is still there. They have to live with that daily reminder that the society that promised them open arms, so the trans community is no longer there. So like their their friendship, their community is now gone. And now they have to find footing in the radical feminist community who discuss at lengths you know transgenderism and all of these things and so with that dysphoria i can only imagine it would be like the recovery of an eating disorder which is something i've had which is hard to do but let me just explain it and and see if this is a fair comparison I used to be a very, very small size. I am not that small size anymore. But I still have reminders of the size I used to be. Through clothing or through photographs or through people who used to know me and who has seen me now who talk about it. And whether I'm happy now, of course, I don't have an eating disorder, so I'm not sad But then there are certain triggers of my body that I don't necessarily like. And it's stuff that I have to get over because there's absolutely nothing wrong with my body. 
but once somebody discussed that or brings that up it brings that feeling back to me of hyper focus now this is just my issue to deal with but that's the feeling i get it's nobody else's problem nobody else needs to censor their language they're doing nothing wrong by discussing something it needs to be discussed but i do get that feeling and i do get that cringe and it makes me want to either change the subject or just leave because i'm like ugh, like i can't do this like this is not okay but then for me i say okay well it's they don't know number one and number two this is something i have to get over if this is a trigger for me then obviously this is something i need to work through because it's unfair to ask everyone else to shift their language and perspective for my feeling because of the reality of the situation but you know that being said it's still really hard so to detrans individuals they lost their community and they're told that they were never really trans and all of these things and and some people are even bullied into staying trans even though they don't want to be because they're too afraid of detransing and finding their community when they detrans when detrans people try to establish a community they're immediately reported taken down called turfs and all of these other things so if you are detransing and you are listening to this, your community is really important. Your community, I feel like if you are a radical feminist and detrans, you are a radical feminist who has detrans. But I, I genuinely feel, not because radical feminism can't cover it, because radical feminism wouldn't do it justice if there could be a detrans, uh, not movement almost but kind of movement um i'm i'm losing the words here for it but i really 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 think like this needs to be a thing because there are male and females who are detrans um you know with the females we can cover it in the feminism of course but with the males we can't But I really do think it's important for trans-identified males to also speak up about the trans movement because this is impacting everybody and not just a women's issue. Now, how it's influenced by patriarchy is many of ways and it's very systemic and insidious and it's very detailed and it's very ingrained into society. So if you are a liberal feminist listening to me, you need to know a few things. Trans women are males, adult human males. The definition of adult human male is a man, men. Their gender identifier and presentation of what you would call a woman is wildly offensive especially when they go through lengths of self-mutilation and organ removal. 
the reason why I call it self-mutilation is because that's what surgery, extreme surgery culture is. It's mutilation. Now I've heard, well, trans people need these surgeries the same way massive weight loss surgery patients need their skin removed to feel better. The two are really different for many of reasons. One of which is massive skin removal for these patients actually is beneficial to their health organ health and many of all of these other healths it helps them and it helps burn victims trans surgery is actually very harmful to themselves it's harmful to your psyche it's harmful to your organs putting silicone or any kind of foreign objects inside your body to make you seem a certain way or to have fat transfer is actually really unhealthy for you Regardless of what plastic surgeons like to say about the safety, it's not healthy. So the two are different. The tokenization of people, especially women, to fulfill something that can be easily called a fetish is exactly what patriarchy has propagated for everybody including women to tolerate it. But tell it tells the oppressor class that they can do whatever they want. And this is why I've spoken in length in my last episodes too about, you know, politics of it all, feelings and the feeling of dysphoria I even covered in my first episode, how even when I was a kid, I felt dysphoric because dysphoria at some point in your childhood you're going to feel it and it's normal and the reason why you feel it is because of patriarchy because patriarchy says boys are not allowed to like girly things and and these girly things are x y and z and girls are not allowed to like boy things and all this boy stuff is x y and z when really it's just bullshit let kids like what they like let people like what they like in regards to like girls can play with boy toys and boys can play with girl toys or listen to girly music and boyish music you know i'm doing air quotes because i continuously till this day get told you know like my comic book love and my geeky love is just so boyish and that's such a boy thing or that i'm even a fake nerd because no girl can really like any of this stuff and it just gets tiring because that's bullshit. We all know it to be dumb. But these people don't have that in their life. These people don't have people in their life telling them that, you know, you can absolutely like this as a boy or as a girl. And if society doesn't tell them, then they're never going to learn. So it's really important that you don't distort reality for any of these people experiencing dysphoria the same way I'm not going to distort reality for an anorexic person and say they're perfectly healthy and for being anorexic or they're not really skinny you know I'm not going to distort reality even if the anorexic person decides to wear a fat suit it's not the same now the I spoke in this I spoke about this earlier on my social media page as well as there are a bunch of liberal feminists who are afraid of being called transphobic because they don't want to exclude trans people 
Well, the thing is, radical feminists don't exclude trans people. You know, this whole entire narrative of that we're trans-exclusionary is because we're male-exclusionary. Feminism is for women, adult human females. We don't exclude trans-identified females. So, trans men. As much as a large portion of them will try to exclude themselves from us, we actually don't exclude them. They are also victims of patriarchy simply for being born women. For simply having female organs. We don't want them to remove their organs that make them female. But the trans community normalizes this as a part of quote-unquote curing themselves. That's also such an ugly way of looking at it. And it really enrages me when I hear the trans community promote curing themselves by removing perfectly healthy organs damaging damaging things to their body and you know it just shows the lack of knowledge around female organs and you know what your uterus and your ovaries actually do and it and it's so crazy to me that doctors aren't punished for this they are still able to practice for removing perfectly healthy organs now i know a woman's body a woman's choice and i'm not saying oh you know if she chooses to not have kids then there should be better methods to ensuring that or you know her body her choice kind of situation but There needs to be a line in the sand. You know, what your ovaries and your uterus do for you hormonally is something that a pill cannot replace. Uh, If it was, then menopause would not be hard. Menopause wouldn't be an issue for women. Now, people, especially liberal feminists, being afraid of being called transphobic, obviously for me shows that men are very hellbent at keeping women subordinate through fear mongering the same goes for liberal feminists who are white and are afraid of sticking up for women of islam in regards to the hijab because the hijab is meant to oppress women regardless if you run across a woman in islam who says you know, she can actually, or she feels okay wearing it. She feels better being modest. It's like she's been propagated to believe that she has to be modest in order to deserve, to deserve respect. And that is like saying, oh yeah, I actually feel 100% better when I wear makeup because I'm presentable to society. Like to suggest a woman's naked face is not presentable to society is exactly what patriarchy wants like that is so like sad and enraging to hear because you know it's not that free choice it's not a free choice it's only the illusion of free choice choice which i've spoken about in my past episode as well they're afraid to speak on these things because they don't want to be called racist the thing is men 
all men have tokenized all women and the women who suffer their most the most are women in their own community so if you bring up something a black man does to black women it's not racist it's the truth and it black women are more likely to suffer under black men brown women under brown men asian jewish islam indian punjab all of these women in those communities are more likely to suffer now understandably so if you do say something racist then it's racist but it's not racist when you're sticking up for all women men are going to try to use this to silence you 100 percent men are going to tokenize black women especially i see this so much look my mom is black i am light skinned and i got to see it so much and it's just kind of mind-blowing to me and i got to see my uncles tokenize her as an oh black women don't need anybody to speak up for them they're strong they're strong and this shit was said to me when i was defending my mom a black woman they were telling me to be quiet about her mistreatment at the hands of them and how they treated her so from her own community from her own family it made my family dynamic on my mom's side very hard very rough and i was not accepted because of my skin tone i was hated because of my skin tone and it took me a while to realize they still had the you know the harsh fresh wounds of colonialism for sure but to take it on take it out onto somebody who did not have the choice to be born a certain way to be born a certain color is it felt hard you know anyways so i learned very young speaking up for black women against black men will get tokenized right because they don't speak up for black women in their own community they only like to say this shit when somebody else is speaking up for black women and then black women feel like they have to be strong and they have to be hard all the goddamn time and that that's fucking it wears you thin it wears you so thin and i got to see it firsthand it wears you thin it makes you hard and it's hard to be nurturing and loving because then you express your softness and you cannot be soft as a black woman i got to see it firsthand with my mom i can't even imagine how that must feel i you know maybe i've experienced a quarter of it but then i see this shit tokenized all the time so for white women to be afraid of saying hey maybe in africa we really need to stop child brides and female genital mutilation black men will immediately say why are you targeting our cultural practices that's racist of course you as a colonial or a colonizer would think this is bad it's bad because it harms women period call me racist call me whatever but that's the truth it's bad because it harms women and it mostly harms black women now you will find men in all races doing this 
you cannot be afraid to be a feminist. If you have that constant fear within you, then don't be a feminist. That pains me to say because I want all women to be a feminist, of course. But that's just the truth. If you want to be liked, feminism is not for you. Because you are not going to be liked. Because our direct existence is anti-patriarchy. Anti-man, in a sense. Because men feel entitled. Men feel like they have to be tied to patriarchy. They don't. But that's how they feel. So immediately we are a threat to their existence by opposing their BS ideology. So you cannot be afraid of what men are going to say about you. And of course there are going to be some women who are gaslit into this. The majority of women are what I would call liberal feminists are gaslit by society into believing their subordination is actually empowerment. You know, oh, I have to uphold all of this cultural BS. That's, oh my gosh, that's so empowering to me that I get to uphold something that directly oppresses me and my children and my community and and keeps men in power. Oh no, it doesn't keep men in power because white men in America don't like them. So they, they're not in power. You know, but they, but they are. If men get to decide what cultural practices you have to uphold to maintain your purity or to maintain your modesty or to maintain the fact that you're not going to get raped, then you are indeed, ha- you indeed have less power than the man in your community. Now, what the men of all races and communities want is the power for themselves. They don't want the power to dismantle these oppressive regimes. They don't want the power. Men are not going to get the power in their own community. So men of Islam are not going to get the power and be like, okay, all women don't have to wear hijabs anymore. All women can wear bikinis and they can be free. They, and they're sexually liberated. They're not going to say that. If not, they're just going to enforce it even harder to their own benefit. But that's what all men want. It's, it's, they have no real desire to dismantle the oppressive system for women. And I've spoken about this before, too, that if we got rid of racism, men could travel the planet freely, but women still couldn't. There are men right now who can't go to Israel or men who can't go to Saudi Arabia or certain parts of China and certain parts of Japan or even certain parts of America, certain parts of South America. There are men who right now who can't but who want to. And if racism ended, they could. That men could roam wherever they want freely, which is why racism to them is like the biggest, like, oh my God, this is the worst thing in the whole entire world. I can't go wherever I want the audacity. So this is why they put racism first before sexism, because even if racism ended, women couldn't travel the planet freely. All men would just oppress all women differently. That, that would be it. You know, and the tokenization of black women would then be like, oh, well, it's not racist, obviously, because nobody can be racist. You know, I just happen to, you know, like these caricatures and mockery, you know, make it a mockery. And that's the thing. So for, for a lot of women, I find 
sexism has to be the first thing we dismantle. It's exhausting to speak about this, you know, and how it intertwines with patriarchy and then the trans community is because I I brought that up because the trans community specifically tokenizes women of color because once again, my mom had to be hard and had to be typically masculine. She kept shorter hair because the products at the time and we were poor were not something she could access. So she kept her hair really short and the makeup back then was horrific. So she couldn't quite, she couldn't wear makeup without it looking not to her liking like you know makeup now still looks cakey almost but doesn't look as bad it matches your neck better well makeup then didn't do that especially for mid-tone black women and so she was constantly called masculine she was called horrific names horrific slurs uh that you know specifically geared towards lesbians she was not a lesbian But this is shit black women have to face daily. And then to hear the transgender community say, oh, you know, it's funny that you won't consider men women, but then women of color are are hella masculine and you accept them as women. Because they pulled onto these rigid gender roles and ideology. Transgenderism needs rigid gender roles and rigid ideology to even exist. Because if we abolish gender, we know sex is immutable. And then we know what you are indeed a man, you are indeed a woman. Like at at a, and then you have to face it. And if we abolish gender, we wouldn't have surgeons doing all of these radically permanent decisions for a feeling. You're only increasing their feeling of dysphoria by giving them pills and by doing the surgeries. So If you want to be a feminist, you cannot be afraid to say this stuff. Because this stuff is true. It's not some made-up fantasy land. This is the truth of the situation. And I know there are going to be people listening to this who are not radical, saying, well, that's just not true, or that's just not this. But it is. It is. And the fact that people are so scared to see the opposing the opposite side it's just proof of enough that it is very true now i want to remind you radical feminists have already done liberal feminism nobody no woman is born radical women this is something women have to like experience you know this is something women have to go through it's almost a rite of passage we start to radicalize the more we see The more we have to endure, the more BS we take, we radicalize. Every liberal feminist is a radical feminist ticking time bomb. And the harder and more rigid the roles become, the more radical a woman will become. The frustrating part is waiting more than anything for me. And I just hope all women listening to me right now understand how important they are in society. They don't need to put men first. There's no such thing as cis woman. That's bullshit. You're just a woman. You are born a woman. That wasn't your choice. There is no such thing as gender image tied to woman. 
and to suggest that makeup dresses and uncomfortable shoes makes you cis and makes you comfortable is fucking bullshit when we have to do it for access it's a mockery to say a woman is cis when she has to be forced into a fucking hijab and niqab is bullshit there's no such thing as cis you are just a woman you are the oppressed class of society and this is shit patriarchy puts on you women have to pretend they're comfortable with it or we're murdered women either have to say i'm not comfortable with this and get murdered or just go along with it for their safety whether it's on a subliminal you know level it's a trauma response and to say and to tokenize trans women or trans identified females so trans men to tokenize trans men and say well they you know they're making the choice they're making the bravery is horrific for many of reasons because now you're now you're saying oh women if you just cut off your breasts and take testosterone you know you'd be much braver it's it's horrible it's so horrific to me to tell women that they either have to be what we call men or anything else because being cis is you know such a privilege such a privilege what your body goes through the lack of body knowledge we have around women what a privilege it's a mockery as i've said and if you are trans listening to this and if you want to stand with women you identify as a woman then you need to know a few things here you were born a man you've had you have just straight privilege for being born a man stop silencing women especially radical feminist stop tokenizing women all women stop saying oh well the one I hate the most is natal women we are just fucking women stop saying well natal women yada 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 we are gaslit and forced into it for bodily safety we don't have a choice even if we went to a doctor with severe endometriosis there is very little they can do for us if anything they're just going to give us birth control and call it good They won't listen to us about how severe our bodies hurt sometimes. We have to find a way to make our care important. And so for you to come along and say this is all a privilege because we were born like this and it makes you feel dysphoric because you cannot carry a child means you look at us like walking incubators. And you want to be one too. You wanting to be a walking incubator is fetishizing us. That's a fetish. Get it addressed and stop tokenizing us. It's hard to take the trans movement seriously when all it promotes is fetishizing and harming. And it's covered up with this BS thing called love and acceptance. 
you having to trans outside, you having to trans outside of what you were born is not acceptance. That is the opposite of acceptance. I'm not questioning whether or not you're feeling of how, you know, gender dysphoria. I am saying you are not accepting of your body. You are not accepting of who you are and you are projecting that onto women and turning it into this fucked up thing. Women don't have proper care. Men do. And the proof is within the trans community. We can give pills to men to make their skin softer, stop the growth of their hair and make them appear more feminine. Then we can give them surgeries to appear more feminine. What I'm using very general feminine ideology terms, by the way. So what socialization has called feminine, they can get surgeries to look that way. But anyways, the health around your prostate and your penis is never second guessed. Society knows all about that. Meanwhile, the majority of women on the planet can't even give you the proper anatomy words for their own genitalia. The labia majora, the clitoris, the cervix, all of it. But to suggest that this is a privilege and this is not something we actively have to fight for is disgusting. It's belittling and I'm just so over it. I am tired of being told that I need to put trans people first because society feels they are marginalized. No, they're not. Women are marginalized. Females are marginalized. And once again, radical feminists don't exclude trans females. Well, you guys, this will be my stop point. Thank you guys for listening. I'm Radical Ray. You can find me Reagans3 on Instagram or my backup account Reagans8, which I made in response to all the reporting I was getting. Thank you guys for tuning in and I look forward to seeing you guys.